0: Welcome into the Sports Block podcast. The college basketball season is over. We're sad. We're we're crying about it. But uh, UConn and LSU both had their one shining moments. Sorry, Krenz had to get that in there right away. Travis Krenz joining uh, me here on this edition of the Sports Block podcast. Travis, how are we doing? Doing good. the The tournament's interesting because.
1: I feel like 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 the women's tournament. I mean, a lot of people watch that final game, and you know, things kind of crescendoed. And the peak of the women's tournament was the final four. Mm-hmm. But for the, for the men, you know, sometimes it's exciting, but most of the time it feels like it's not. Or like the you know, championship game wasn't wasn't great, and Connecticut just kind of dominated. Yep. And you know, there's 63 games in this tournament, and. Now, sometimes the championship game's a real good one. Yep. But it just kind of seems like, all right, we're here. Connecticut deserving of winning it. Well, San Diego State had a good run. None of the top seeds were any good. That's why we got a four versus a five. And, well, congratulations to them. And, yeah, it's, it just seems like it kind of kind of peters out at the end. Like, oh, yeah, here's, here's the final at 8.30 on a Monday night all
0: okay. right. Yep. And we'll touch on the, the – we'll spend quite a bit of time, actually, on the women's game because, as you said, the, the, the Final Four for the men wasn't nearly as exciting. Part of that is because you have three teams who had never met, been in the Final Four before UConn was the only one. UConn ultimately won it all. Uh, you know, for everyone that complains about, oh, the Blue Bloods are always in, it, the Blue Bloods and whatever um, – I feel like those are the same people that are like, oh, I'm not really interested in the Final Four. That was some of the argument, some of those people out there were making that argument. It's like, you, you can't have it both ways. You can't say, oh, I really like all these upsets and then complain that there's no real good teams in the Final Four. You know what I mean? Like, you gotta, yes, like, we love the upsets and stuff, but then you have to, you have to like the story. Like I get it, you know, regarding San Diego State. It's not an aesthetically pleasing style of basketball to watch. Now, they did score 72 points in that game against Florida Atlantic, which is a ton of points for them, given what they've done this year and in this tournament. And Florida Atlantic, I think, was that... see t- I think if we had gotten Florida Atlantic against UConn, that would have been a far better matchup than if we well- had... Uh, than San Diego State versus Yukon or had it been San Diego State versus Miami. Florida Atlantic was that team because they came out of nowhere. San Diego State, people know about. Uh, they confuse them with South Dakota State, but they're in the Mountain West, yada, yada, yada. I bet you people can't tell you what conference that Florida Atlantic is in or what conference Florida Atlantic will be in next year, the AAC. But so, yeah, I, I get that. I was always going to watch. I was going to be excited. It helped that I had UConn in one of my brackets, uh, winning it all so I could win some cash. But overall, I do see where some people would say, yeah, I don't. I, I wish there was a, a bigger name team in there. But that's why you these are the same people that like the upsets and don't always want the same three or four teams in the final four. It's kind of like the same three or four teams in the college football playoff.
1: I watched the first game. I did not watch the second game because I didn't. And then I looked at the score. I'm like, oh, yeah, that that was not, not competitive between Connecticut and Miami. Correct. Uh, first game, uh, first half was excellent. Second half got got muddied up. Like the San Diego State game, someone getting muddied up.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: A lot of foul, a lot of not good shooting. And after the, the first half was excellent, I thought. A lot of threes were going down. Guys were making shots. Yep. And he had a great finish and a great shot. And yeah, I would have been much more interested in the championship game if it would have been Florida Atlantic than there. And you know, a lot of these teams get there, but they never win it, or they never get to the championship game. What no, no nine seed or has ever nine seed or double digit seed, ever gotten to the championship game?
2: Or mm-hmm.
1: you know, Connecticut wins, and, and people say, "All right, that was that was the best team this year," despite being a four seed. They had a good start, had a bad about three weeks, and then picked it up again. And they were really good at the end of the year, to where you know if San Diego State wins that game, I don't think anybody would have said you know they're the best team in the country, or and especially if Florida Atlantic would have won. Yeah. And usually, whoever wins the tournament, for the most part, like all right, that was the best team. We rarely have we when it comes to the champion. You know, Butler almost beat Duke. Mm-hmm. But Butler would have won. They would have said, well, Butler's the best team. We're like, eh, probably not. But they win the whole thing. So, it, it, it's interesting. I'm, I'm fine not having to see Kentucky or
2: mm-hmm.
1: the normal. You know, Kentucky doesn't even really make it most of the time. You know, I'm fine not seeing Michigan State, Kansas. I don't need to see those teams in there. So, I was fine with it being, especially the first game. That was that was different, so yeah. What fourteen point six million watched the title game, which is an all time low. But still, you know, it's almost fifteen million people. Mm hmm. Um, you know, not bad, but record low. So, yeah.
0: Um, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm trying to think back. You know, like for that Butler Duke game, what do people remember about that game? Do they remember anything other than Gordon Hayward almost banking in that half court shot? I mean. Is that
1: the? Yeah, that's, I can't tell you a single thing about that game yeah. other than the thing that almost
0: happened at the end. Hmm. So. Um. Yeah. That that Florida Atlantic San Diego State game. A lot of runs back and forth. San Diego State made a heck of a run getting back into that game uh, after they were trailing by 14. It looked like Florida Atlantic had this game won. I thought it got really bogged down at the end with all the timeouts. Um, yeah. You know, in Florida Atlantic looked like they had it won. It was seventy one sixty eight after they make a layup there with forty seven seconds left or whatever, and then uh, San Diego State goes down, gets a jumper. Florida Atlantic then uh, calls a timeout and then has to call another time or may, yeah has to call another timeout because they couldn't get the ball in, and then John L Davis throws up a layup. Like I don't know, I would have maybe tried to either take the the play clock down all the way. Um, you know, so that San Diego State would only have about six seconds left. Or I would have maybe tried a three. If you try and go inside against Nathan Menza and that that size that San Diego State has, Florida Atlantic is not that big of a team. And, uh, you know, Vlad Golden did not have a good game. Yukon uh, size matched up well with San Diego State. They were just better all the way around. For Florida okay. Atlantic, I think the better option or the better idea would have been to um, to kick it around outside, you know, cut and – or even get like a jump shot from, you know, the free throw line or something. Don't go inside against that size from San Diego State. So I thought that was where they um, kind of messed up there at the end. Yeah,
1: it was like what? It was a one-point game or two-point game. One-point game. And I, I'm glad they just didn't shoot a three. Like, a lot of teams were done and things I complained about last week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's tough inside. Every so well, each team had, like, three timeouts with, like, you know, 30 seconds to go. You're like, boy, this is going to take about ten minutes to get through this final final mess here. So, yeah, there's really nothing you can do about that. It's just not fun to watch. And, you yeah, really, know, like, the officiating wasn't good again. We talked about officiating all the time. Like, I I just got to get better. I don't know, put your best guys there or keep people together. Don't they kind of take, all right, we'll take this guy for uh, at least. Like, the NFL in the Super Bowl, don't they kind of take a mishmash of people?
0: I think so, yes.
1: Like, all all year long are with the same crew. So why are we changing that for the most important game where we're taking people who have never played or uh, officiated with each other before Keep the same crew together. I think they do that in baseball. They do that in basketball.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: People who probably never officiated, and maybe some people who have never even met each other before, and they're going to officiate the most important, most watched game of the year. Like, don't do that. They go, who's, who's the best crew? All right, we're going we're gonna to give you guys a championship game. You guys have been the number one crew out of anybody. Do that. Maybe that'll make it better. I don't know.
0: Could be. Yeah, That's a, I think that's an excellent point. Um, at least the officiating was far better than in the women's national championship game. Holy crap. Um, so congratulations to UConn. UConn wins it. It's their fifth national championship. All national uh, all championships have come since 1999, so that's, uh, I think, relatively significant. And this team, <laughs> they have great freshmen. Who knows if, like, Klingon and Caravan, if they'll come back or if they'll try and enter the NBA draft. So I don't know how much UConn is going to have to revamp, retool, reload. But boy, this is a, I'm not saying a dynasty, but boy, they look like a team that could very well be a, a, a tough out again next year, uh, depending on who comes back. But uh, Dan Hurley's got uh, something going on right there.
1: And they've won these three titles, or I guess their last three titles, with three different head coaches.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. And, you know, nobody's won more than five, have they, since 99? No. And then we don't. We think of Connecticut as a basketball school and more of the women. Yep. They're like that women's run that's over now. But do, the, do the Connecticut women now turn into Tennessee, or they're still good, but they're not a national title contender? Yep. They've got Peyton Beckers coming back, I believe. So, like, mm-hmm. all right. Can you imagine Paige, you? Paige Beckers and Caitlin Clark next year? My God. Oh, boy. My God. That would be great. Um, But, yeah, Connecticut, you know, in some ways they've been the most successful team since 99. They've got the most titles. Yep. And, yeah, this was a dominant run. And you say, well, I, you, you look at who they beat and they didn't really beat... Anybody all that great, but a 15 seed one and a 16 seed one,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and San Diego State beat Alabama. Mm-hmm. So other teams in the annual Miami beat Houston. So other teams had maybe better wins. You can, you know, you can only play who you who you have on the uh, on the schedule or on the bracket. Yep. But it was good to see that. All right, we're gonna play Gonzaga. We're gonna beat them by 35. Mm -hmm. We're going to play San Diego State. We're going to lead the game by 10, 15 points pretty much the entire way. We like the upsets. We like the close games. But once in a while, I just like a team that goes out and says, all right, we're better. We're going to win the game. We're going to get up by 20 and not give the lead back. They gave it back a little bit. But like Ford Atlantic, you're up 14. You you, got to win that game. Yep. So it was good to see a team just go in there. And beat everybody. Yeah. Like, all right, no, enough of this. It's sometimes a bit ridiculous to where why certain certain teams should not be able to beat other teams. Like Princeton should not be able to beat Arizona, but they. Yep. Like, come on. You're, you watch Xavier play. They right. almost lost.
0: Yep. And I think that's like what I'm trying to think. What Clark Kellogg said in the pregame, or maybe it was the postgame. He said it yesterday, and or on Monday night. And I'm going to try and phrase it like he said it's not always who the best team is it's who is playing best like so it does that doesn't always necessarily mean it's the same it, you're talking about the same team and that's the beauty of this tournament you might have like a, obviously Arizona a better team than Princeton fairly dickinson a, or Purdue, a better team than fairly dickinson but who's playing better oh, right you now you had it the best first game? time you had it right the first time okay all right fair fair enough Fair enough. So, and to just to look at UConn's run. Now, you could talk about whether they were underseeded or you know overseeded. How I I would guess maybe looking at their dominant run, they were underseeded. Their closest margin of victory in this tournament was 13 points. They won every game by double digits. First team to do that since Villanova back in 2018. Uh, so that is significant in and of itself, right there. Um, but you look at what UConn did. They started, they were undefeated in non-conference. They were undefeated against non-conference opponents all year long. They went through a little stretch at the kind of beginning of conference play where they lost, what, six in a row, seven in a row, six of eight, whatever it was. And then they, they they figured their form out, and they turned into a dominant team all the way into this NCAA tournament. Lost, by, lost to Marquette by two in the Big East tournament. And if you look at it, so they were seeded fourth, They beat three five-seeds in this tournament, San Diego State, uh, St. Mary's, and Miami. Now, we could probably say that UConn in a normal year would be better than all three of those teams regardless, but they are still five-seeds. So if you're looking at, like, it was evenly matched teams that they were going up against. Um, Unfortunately, it wasn't a one or a two, but you're just playing who you have. I mean, Gonzaga was the team that would have been... Um, seated higher or lower than however you want to see it, because Gonzaga was seated three, so that was could technically be viewed as a mini upset. But UConn did play the teams that were right around the seeding line, which indicates by the committee that say like, yeah, UConn is very close to these three teams. So the teams that they were right up there with, they crushed.
1: They did. Like, early on in the year when they went on their run and they were number two in the country, and I did Like, what? Like, that's ridiculous. And then they lost a bunch of games. Like, all right, that that seems better. Yep. Like, and then they they went on a run, and I, I didn't like them. I didn't think they were that good. I didn't see much of them. I did pick them to the Final Four. You picked them to win in one of your brackets, so... At the end, I think we both came around and said, all right, I mean, they're playing pretty good now. Like, you don't like Kansas to repeat, and mm-hmm. you don't like Insega or UCLA. So it was a year where basically you looked at the at the, at the region and said, all right, I don't like any of these teams.
2: Uh, let me pick this team instead. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't like Purdue. I don't like Tennessee.
1: I don't like, you know, any of these top seeds. So, um, yeah, in the, in the Big East, kind of a revival for the Big East. You know, Marquette didn't do nearly as well as I I, I wanted them to do, but um, it was you know a solid year for the Big East. Yep. As things continue to change, and that um, the Mountain West gets a uh, guy in there, you know, Pac 12 when yep. When's the Pac twelve gotten a guy in there? Yep. UCLA has gotten to the Final Four recently. Arizona's not gotten there many a year. So, yeah, Mountain West, good for the Mountain West
0: to finally break through and win a game and mm-hmm. make a run. So. Well, and they will be going to the Pac-12 here soon. And I do think that if there's anything that we could kind of take away from this tournament, maybe this tournament is a sign of things to come in college basketball regarding the parity, being, you know, the recruiting now that, you know, with NIL – it's you know the transfer portal, all this stuff. It's a lot easier to get guys in and you know build a team faster and like in a year than it you know like three or four years. It's all about how you go about you know the, the obviously recruiting's huge, but the transfer portal and the development. I think you're seeing now potentially maybe this is an outlier of a year, but I think we're going to start to see more parity across college basketball in general where we're not always going to see ones and twos we're not going to see these truly dominant teams every year or have that kind of that villain or that team that everyone's gunning for you know that's undefeated going into the ncaa tournament or only has one loss you're going to see more of these lower seeds or these maybe uh newer name teams that we aren't accustomed to seeing make it you know, have these deep runs. I think we're going to see that a little more often.
1: There still wasn't any reason why North Carolina should have at least made the goddamn tournament.
0: Right. I mean, that's but that's a fault on them.
1: Um, Jesus. And then you know, Kentucky struggled, and mm-hmm. Duke by uh, a Duke in the final four, and they you know got better as the year went on. Mhm. Yeah, so I, I would be fine with some some newer teams making runs like this. Yeah, Maybe They may have it bit harder to pick. Like, it may have it harder to pick the bracket, but, like, we both did pretty well picking this year. Better than usual.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, I don't know what that, I guess, you know, if you could get one team in the Final Four, that was almost a miracle, really. Right. But no, nobody, anybody had Miami.
0: No. No one had San Diego. Well, in, in, in my bracket challenge, one person had San Diego State.
1: So one person had them going, what, winning the, or at least losing the championship? Yes, Yep. And why? I mean, I don't know. Like, San Diego State was the team I considered not picking to win a game, and same with Miami, that 12-5 upset. Mm-hmm. I had Indiana, but then I switched to Miami because I had Indiana losing to Kent State, so yeah, it was not a good year for 12 seeds. 12 seeds didn't do all that well. No. And, yeah, maybe this is a one-year thing. Who knows? Maybe... Maybe we'll have more more dominant teams next year. But, yeah, there just was not – yeah, if, if Purdue's your number one – Purdue and Houston, uh eh, they didn't do much for me.
0: No. For much, so, no. So the college basketball season is complete. Congratulations to UConn on winning the men's national championship. The women's uh, final four, far more compelling. The national championship game, far more compelling for – I guess not so great of reasons at at times. Um, South Carolina, really, so LSU, the three seed, played Virginia Tech, the one seed. And Virginia Tech had a lead deep into the uh, second half. They had a nine-point lead through three. And then LSU turned it on at the end, outscoring like 29-12 in the fourth quarter. Virginia Tech turned it over. They couldn't make shots. Uh, LSU was out-rebounding them like crazy on the offensive end, getting their misses, and LSU ultimately prevailed. That South Carolina-Iowa game, I watched every second of it, and it was just phenomenal. And I think everyone wanted to see this matchup in the championship game because you have Caitlin Clark with Iowa against an undefeated South Carolina team. That would have been must-see TV. It would have been it, great TV. And we, we got a great national championship game anyway. But... Iowa gets out to a lead. South Carolina battles back. It looked like out of the two teams, South Carolina and Iowa, South Carolina was the more nervous team to start. Iowa had that lead. South Carolina chips in. They eventually chips into that lead. They eventually get the lead late in the second quarter or whatever, but Iowa comes back. And then just back and forth in the second half, South Carolina – was only in it because of Zaya Cook. Because Aaliyah Boston was in foul trouble, she didn't do much at all. But at the end of the day, this is all about Caitlin Clark. Another forty-point dazzling display, um, knocking shots down wherever. I mean, she, it was just a one-man band. And Iowa, who has a not a very good defense, as we certainly saw on Sunday in the national championship game, was daring South Carolina to shoot. And South Carolina wouldn't do it. They wouldn't take the threes. I mean, that's a, kind of a sign of disrespect. You know, Caitlin Clark's like, hey, come on, shoot. And they wouldn't do it. Uh, so, amazing job by Iowa. That that was probably arguably one of their top three defensive performances of the year. And if they needed it, South Carolina had played their C-minus game. They needed to, if they brought their B game, I think they beat Iowa. But uh, kudos to Iowa for pulling that upset off.
1: It's kind of what SDSU did when they played South Carolina. Because, like, they're not a very good shooting team. Mm-hmm. They, they're they a physical team. they got a lot of tall players. And they just dominate down low. And that's how they've been so successful. And, like, it was, somebody said it was disrespectful or whatever, but like, oh, yeah, that's just playing, playing the game or playing defense. If, if one team doesn't do something well, then you want them to do that. Yes. That'd be like, you know, in football, okay, you don't run the ball well. I'm going to have three guys in the box, four guys in the box. I'm going to dare you to run the ball. Exactly. And that South Carolina didn't shoot those shots. I mean, I, I mean, they're just not a good shooting team. So. hmm Good, good defensive strategy,
0: though. and they're a very good defensive team. Um, but I mean, Zanono or Z- was it Zanano, whatever um, for Iowa, she was able to get her points in the paint. Uh, Warnock or whatever made a couple of threes, but this is really all about Caitlin Clark. I mean, they have forty-one of the team's seventy-seven points. Uh, fantastic with the assists. I mean, this was this was really all about her, and I get that. The, the avid sports fans know who Caitlin Clark is, but I feel like that was a coming out party for her for more of the nation to see. Like, if you, I, like, even my mother in law was like, Yeah, I kind of want to watch this South Carolina Iowa game because of this Clark girl who can shoot like crazy. Like, that's, I mean, my mother in law does not watch women's college basketball, but to know that, hey, there's this really phenomenal player, it just speaks to, what Caitlin Clark has done to bring attention to women's basketball and bring more eyeballs in.
1: Yeah, it's good they had so many people watch it and be interested in it. But, yeah, I think it is like it's a one-person show or one-person reason. It's because of her. So when when she's not there anymore, are people going to continue to tune in in record numbers? Probably not.
2: It could
0: be like uh, like hockey in the Olympics, you know, kind of. Oh, like I really like watching, you know, Team USA versus Finland or Russia or Canada for the gold. Do is all that excitement regarding the Olympic hockey? Does that translate then to coming back in the NHL regular season? The one thing it, I would say is it's that
1: Tiger Woods, Tiger yes. Woods, when he's around, oh yeah, this is great. When he's not around, yeah. nobody cares.
0: Yep, that's a that's a better analogy um, or better comparison. I do think, though, maybe we start to see more Caitlin Clark esque players. Like I think, because you know how Steph Curry changed the game of basketball with you know shooting all these d threes, and now that's all teams do is shoot three pointers, shoot three pointers. With what Caitlin Clark is doing, I think you're gonna. She's certainly become a role model for so many young girls across the country who will maybe say, "Hey, I'm gonna pick up a basketball now. I want to be the next Caitlin Clark." So I think that will help the women's women's basketball moving forward because it's already getting to a point now where you're you're seeing more of these um more teams that are in it it's it's better basketball and and that game against South Carolina between Iowa and South Carolina was one of the best game like that game lived up to all of the hype it was a very good game overall yes South Carolina didn't shoot great but give credit to Iowa for that for you know taking away what they do best Overall, it was back and forth, and just a very good game overall. That is a, a very good thing for women's college basketball to be able to have a game that um, that that meets the expectations, if not exceeds them.
1: Yeah, she's like Steph Curry, where she can shoot from anywhere. And know, yeah, she's back next year, and I was probably going to make the final four again. So it sucks
0: that she cannot. She cannot go to the WNBA draft this year Because she would be the number one
1: overall pick She can't She's a junior She
0: can't Yeah it, uh, It's whatever the rules are Either set within women's college basketball Or the WNBA Is that she is not eligible for this draft She will be eligible in 2024
1: Yeah, because she should go She could go But the thing about it is like, college, Women's college basketball Is a bigger deal than the WNBA Yes and she's going to go there, and then we're never going to hear about her again. Like, how many great women's players have come through in the decades since the WNBA has been around, and nobody cares. And we don't – like, Brittany Griner, outside of her incident this year, like, we don't
2: mm-hmm. talk
1: about her and you know, name any other player that's been a big college star in the last – couple decades but don't they th- go there and nobody watches it so
0: but don't you think yeah. Caitlin Clark could change that Huh? don't you think Caitlin Clark could change that because I do it's kind of like Steph Curry.
1: because you know Minnesota Timberwolves or the Minnesota Lynx had their yeah. run
0: mm-hmm.
1: who who'd they have they had uh, what's her name
0: Simone Augustus um, they had Lindsay Whalen uh, Whalen
1: well, yeah, just retired from Connecticut oh Maya Moore like Maya Moore, like she's as good as anybody and she's retired and doing uh, her criminal justice stuff. But it's like, yeah, it's like, you know, yeah, she was a big star at Connecticut and like people just don't seem to care when they go to the WNB. So how do we It's do we, it, it would seem like, all right, we want to see these players and now we get to see all the best players in one league, but that just Hasn't materialized.
0: It seems like it's very much more like regional-based uh, excitement within the team. There's not a a cross-country, wide kind of like baseball for the most part. You know, there's pockets of, you know, the individual markets that are very excited about their teams. But overall is the, the general appetite uh, from the general population maybe isn't all that into baseball as they are like the individual teams. Kind of with the WNBA. I think Caitlin Clark could change that. And I think you're maybe even seeing that a little bit with, like, Sabrina Ionescu. She's with the New York Liberty. They've been very well,
1: active. Yeah, like, in- another one. It's like, all right, she's a big deal in, at Oregon.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I forgot what team. If you would ask me what team she's on, I I have no idea. Yeah. Like, she's the one. She goes there, and that's it. Man, yeah, you're not you don't hear anything
2: about it.
0: I think she got hurt in her rookie year and then last year New York got better. They maybe had made the playoffs. But I would say that it I mean they've been very active in free agency uh this off season so this New York the New York Liberty could have a power you know uh, like a, a super power uh, super team like we've saw seen in the NBA with Miami and um the Lakers and all that that jazz. So I think you could see maybe more eyeballs being paid attention to this season in the WNBA because of Sabrina Ionescu and what the New York Liberty have. But I truly think, or I, I hope I'm right in this, that Caitlin Clark could bring that uh, needed attention or really help uh, make the WNBA even more popular um, and bring those eyeballs in, like she did for the national championship game. Um, million people watched uh, Iowa against LSU on Sunday. It is the most watched women's college basketball game of all time. It had more eyeballs than Thursday night football. It had more eyeballs than multiple big bowl games. It had more eyeballs than any all-star game, MLB, NBA, NHL, NFL. Uh, So... Certainly a lot of people were want were watching it, and I think there are a few reasons for that. One, and this is the biggest reason, Caitlin Clark, uh, because of what she did to South Carolina and just because of who she is as a great player in general, people wanted to see her. Two, it was on ABC at 3.30 p.m. Eastern. It's not on ESPN at 7 o'clock at night. You have it in like a prime... A time slot, and you have it on basic cable, so you can get more people to watch it. Uh, mm-hmm. Certainly, the what Caitlin Clark did against South Carolina on Friday really helped set the buzz and get people to say, like, "Hey, I want to be sitting down and watching this game Sunday at 2:30." But I think you know, and that may have happened regardless of the time or the channel, but because of the time in the channel. That helped um, funnel in more people, I think, to watch this game um, on ABC as opposed to ESPN, ESPN two, or whatever. But certainly, the big I, the the big reason was Caitlin Clark.
1: Plus, you had a team on the other side or a coach that people hate. Yes, yes. If they're playing, doo-doo, 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 Virginia Tech. Yeah, if they play Virginia Tech, I don't think I don't think quite as many people watch. But, yeah, you have some, some, something people root for, something people hate. It, had, it, had, it was the perfect ingredient for, it was probably the perfect matchup of maybe even better than what South Carolina would have been in a, in a championship
2: game. Mm-hmm. And,
1: and moving it to ABC, yeah, put it on network TV. There's nothing else on. Put it on television, for Christ's sake. Mm-hmm. On, put it on ABC. So, yeah, it is, they just, weren't, they just didn't, don't promote this tournament much at all. And felt like when COVID and then the, their, their lack of weight rooms and all those things came to the surface, it's like, oh, yeah, we should promote our, like, number one women's sport mm-hmm. that we don't. And some bad people, I guess, are going to make a lot of money off of it. But that sucks. But
0: whatever. But this national championship game, which should have been all about you know the star players, you have Angel Reese for LSU, and LSU is a, a very talented team, a lot of good players. Kate, uh, Iowa was really centered around one person, that's Caitlin Clark, who's the best player out of either of the two teams. Unfortunately, though, the officials in this game stole the show right away in the first quarter. Caitlin Clark gets two fouls. Angel Reese gets two fouls. Reese sat out the entire second quarter. Uh, they were bad fouls. There were fouls that should have been called that weren't. Ticky tack fouls. Later in the game, Clark gets a technical foul for just throwing the basketball behind her after a, a whistle and a foul. Uh, maybe the officials said they. Thought she said something, she didn't. Meanwhile, Kim Mulkey pushes a ref, a ref out of the way. She storms out to half court and she doesn't get shit. So the inconsistency of the, the officials, it was just, it was honestly one of the worst officiated games I think I've ever seen, uh, regardless of the sport. It was terrible. Uh, I mean, Kim Mulkey's eccentrics were nauseating. Uh, I honestly don't know how anyone can like her. She's And I, I said this multiple times. I think I said it on social media. I said it in the blog on Monday. She is a great coach. I'm not going to take that away from her because clearly she knows what she's doing. But she's a terrible human being. She is an awful person.
1: She is. The, the way she carries herself during a game is embarrassing and ridiculous. She's what? How old she is. But yeah, no, no other coach. What other coach have you ever seen that acts like that? None. And she's acted like that her entire career with the officials and the outrageous acts on the fucking bench. Her wardrobe is interesting. She 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 wants attention, obviously. That's why she dresses like that. There's, there's got to be a, a, a middle ground between uh, Deuce Staley wearing her. What's her name?
0: Uh, Don Dawn Staley? Staley?
1: Dawn Staley wearing yeah. hoodies during much of the season, which is like, all right, could you wear something other than a sweatshirt for Christ's sake? No matter what's on it what, or, or what the reason is. And between whatever the hell Kim Malky wears a lot of the time.
0: It's just and, gaudy. Look, yeah. at, like, look at me, look at me, uh, look at my
1: antics. Yeah, a lot of look because somebody wears something like that. You're like, wow, I've never seen something like that. That's interesting. So she wants attention, obviously, and she got a lot of it. And, and, her, and her team's kind of take on her personality. Of uh, have Baylor, hated uh, team, and you know, LSU, and what happened after the game. Well, yeah, mm-hmm. just kind of a you know a disrespectful thing of. Yeah, why why would anybody as a coach you want to kind of set that example for your team so what because if, if you're gonna if, if I'm a player and she's gonna tell me oh don't complain about foul maybe she says hey I'll be the one that complains about stuff even if she's my coach I look at her and say coach you're fucking ridiculous you're you're embarrassing everything and everybody and it's it's embarrassing to and, and to watch her and her lack of reaction to Brittany Griner's situation is yes. also yep, I would say pretty indicative of
0: the type of uh, person she is. The type her,
1: person she is, and the level of humanity that. is stunning. For Brittany Griner to be the you know, best player she's ever coached, and for her to literally not say anything about
2: it—so
1: mm-hmm. many people have said something about it. Yep. who probably do not have any relationship with her at all. That says a lot. Like, yep. wow, best player you've ever coached. And yeah, they, they haven't talked, I don't believe, or communicated at all since she's been back. It's like, wow, I, I think that says a
0: lot. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I mean, the level of humanity that she possesses is, is practically none. And I'm glad you mentioned about, like, how she acts is kind of, like how her team kind of acts and that that was my point at it because everyone is making a big deal about Angel Reese uh, like looking at Caitlin Clark you know waving the hand and stuff and like pointing at her finger and like hey I'm getting a ring and all that stuff it's trash talk. did did maybe angel Reese go a little too long with with it like the pointing at the ring or the waving in the face maybe I will I will grant you that I think she went maybe a little too too long with it, but you have to remember that Clark did the same thing, waving the hand in the face to Louisville earlier in the tournament. No one seems to remember that. You have the Keith Olbermans of the world who uh, spout stupid shit after this and then say, oh, I don't watch basketball, so I didn't know the context. Well, then you probably shouldn't fucking comment on it, Keith, so shut the hell up and get out of here. Um, you know, like the Danny Canals of the world and everything. So I can I can entertain that notion that yes Reese went a little too long, but it's trash talk. It's two great players. Who cares if you're going to have a major issue with what Reese did? Attitude reflects leadership. It's a line from Remember the Titans, and it's a it's a great line. It's one of the the most memorable lines I would argue from that movie. And what is The attitude of the team, well, they're going to take that attitude. It's going to be a reflection of the leadership, and that leadership falls squarely on Kim Mulkey. She's not a good person. She's eccentric. She does shit that you shouldn't do, and that means that her team feels like they can do some of these antics or whatever and get away with it and feel no consequence of it. Angel Reese is getting way too much uh, negative uh, publicity or attention, or you know, people are just shouting nasty things about her. Some have a lot of racial connotations to it, and uh, there's a, there is a lot of racism going on in within the situation because they don't they they just look at black and white. They're not looking at what Caitlin Clark did earlier. Or they conveniently forget that she did what Angel Reese did uh, a few games ago against Louisville, and. So Reese doesn't deserve the negative attention or publicity that she's getting, but um, so I mean th- that's unfortunate. It, it, but it all goes back to how Kim Mulkey kind of sets the tone with her team, and that is why so many people dislike her with an unbridled passion.
1: I've never seen anybody do what Angel Reese did.
0: Like the, the put the ring on it?
1: I've never seen anybody in a championship game in which you are up by 17 points at the end, game's over. Can you come up with one example of what she did? Championship game, LSU really dominated the game. At the end, they go up to the star player and does what she does. I can't think of that ever happening before. There football, is... football, basketball, I can't think of anybody yeah. doing that.
0: I'd have to look. I don't so, remember anything yeah. off the top of my head. I do know...
1: Um... Like, it's, it's it's apples and oranges because, well, Caitlin Clark did this. Mm-hmm. Well, no, no, she didn't. She does the John Cena, you can't see me thing, which I assume she's done multiple times throughout the year. I can't imagine that's the only time she's done it. She did it. What, what was this? What the Louisville game? Were they ahead? I assume she had just made a shot of some sorts.
0: Yeah, I think it was, I mean, near, it was near the end of the game, I think, when...
1: So the whole incident for her lasted a second. You see somebody hit a three, they do the three-point thing to the head... They do some sort of celebration. They do some sort of something, which is what Caitlin Clark did. Uh, you can't see me. I'm really good type of thing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: What Angel Reese did, she she does it. She points to her finger. She walks her down the, quiz. The, the little, what, 10, 15 seconds this goes on. And yeah. Caitlin Clark, whether she saw it or not, or just didn't respond to it or look at it, just ignored it. Mm-hmm. Like, I I can't remember in a pretty much a blowout situation at the end of the game, one team star player going to the other star player and doing what she did. So it is disrespectful. People want to make it a race thing, which they, they want to make it that. The situations aren't the same. There's a lot of celebrations throughout the game. This was more than that. And, yeah, like, it, I, I, I've never seen anybody do that before at the end of the game. We saw, was it Jair Alexander? Or did he do the gritty on yes. Justin Jefferson? Yep. That was in the course of a game in, like, the second quarter when he did whatever he did. Like, okay. Did he go to Justin Jefferson when, what was the, I don't even know the score of that game It was not close? No. It was at the end of the game. Did he go up to Jefferson and shit talk? Probably not. Game's done. So yeah, it's disrespectful. If you want to bring race into it, whatever. People can do that. But yeah, Angel Reese. I'm not a fan of hers. Never heard of her. Don't like her. She wants to do that. Yeah, that's what people's gonna. That's what people are gonna know you for now. Mm-hmm. Is doing that. It's like why do that? Well, again, why do <laughs> what you did? Like, be there before people say, oh, act like you've been there before. Well, they haven't been there before because they've never won a national title. Mm-hmm. And why they have is because of their coach. And if she were to leave, they would become as irrelevant as they were before she got there. So, yeah, I'm, I'm fine with people giving her a bunch of crap because it's a classless thing to do. I'm probably in the minority on that, but yeah, the situations are different. They're not the same. And
0: I can't remember ever, any, anybody ever doing that in a championship game. No,
1: certainly not in a, in a championship game. Um, Did anybody from Connecticut do that last night and say, hey, look at this, haha we beat you by, same score, 17 points. Well, I mean, so I mean, they were celebrating, they were happy, but they celebrate with their teammates. They don't yep. go up to whoever and say, haha look at this, we won, we won. They don't. They, I mean, it just doesn't happen.
2: Yeah. Because you don't
1: do it. Because you should know, like, oh, yeah, you know what? This team got to the championship game and lost. We're extremely happy. They are extremely sad. Probably shouldn't rub it into their face like she did. Like, yeah, probably don't do that. But she did. So, whatever. So, and she's got a backlash. i like, yeah, that's fine. I'm fine with it.
0: Um, I'm trying to find exactly what uh, because ESPN did something um, I'm just reading here they ran a, a, a segment called Caitlin Clark the Queen of Clapbacks um, highlighted the I, uh, Iowa Stars trash talk including when she told a Louisville player you're down 15 points shut up in an earlier uh, round of competition I think there was something else that was said either by Iowa or by Clark regarding the SEC in general, so um, I think there is more to this than than we than we know. Um, again, I I just think I'm okay with it. I don't have a problem with it at all. I, the only thing is the duration.
1: Never pull out a single player and say hey. Like, Angel Reese just followed her around the court. Yeah. And speaking of attention grabbers, like, I want you to see this. I want you to see what I am doing. I am mocking you. I am trying to make you mad. I'm, I'm trying to make fun of you. I'm doing what you usually do. I, I want to show you up. I want to say, ha-ha, we won and you lost. That's what she wanted to do. And Caitlin Clark ignored it if she saw it at all. So, yeah, whatever. So, good for
0: her. Yeah, Alexis Morris from LSU um, was saying she was watching the game on and how they were guarding South Carolina. Uh, Morris said, per ESPN's Andrea Adelson, I don't think they can guard us that way. I don't think you can just leave me open on the perimeter or leave us open on the perimeter. Me, personally, I find it very disrespectful, so I'm going to take that personally going into that game. So, I I think...
1: They, and LSU couldn't miss a shot.
0: No, At they that couldn't.
1: That, that Jasmine... And I, think, and I think Caitlin Clark said, yes, we are not going to defend LSU the same as we defended South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Why, why, why does LSU think that the way they defended South Carolina was disrespectful?
0: I, that's just how they take yeah, it. That, that, that boggles something. my mind. That boggles my mind.
1: That if if you've got Shaquille O'Neal and he's at the three point line, are you going to guard him? No. 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 If you've got somebody that shoots twenty some percent out at the three point line, are you going to guard them? Yep. No. Uh, the great peer player, Lincoln Keenold, we talk about sometimes. Ohio yes. State quarterback. Yep. All this stuff. Yep. Great player, great athlete. Great player, great athletes. But he's not a great shooter, and they played him a couple times, and they left him open, and he didn't shoot.
0: Yeah.
1: Or he didn't make shots. No, so. i'm
2: up. So then, it um, it makes sense to guard him like that. Yep. How do you guard a guy that doesn't shoot well? Well,
0: you want him to shoot shots. Yep. So you leave him open. So it's not disrespectful at all. Well, and it's just how South, or it's just how LSU took it, I guess. Um, You know, everyone, what's disrespectful to one person might not be disrespectful to the other. Um, But what's also, I guess, interesting, this Jasmine Carson was the player of the game. On Sunday, she averaged 2.2 points a game in the tournament coming into the national championship. She scores 21 points in the first half. When LSU needed someone to step up because of the foul trouble with Reese and uh, maybe was it Alexis Morris or Poole, I think was the other player that had two fouls. They needed someone to step up and Jasmine Carson did it. Her bank in 3 at the end of the first half to put him up by 17. It was just like a, yep, bye Iowa. You aren't going. This is LSU's night. This is LSU's game they can't miss. Carson was fantastic. She didn't miss a single shot in the first half. So, she was the real difference maker in the national championship. I thought, you know, Clark and again, the 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 officials really decided this game with all these bullshit fouls and and non-fouls that they call It was just ridiculous. Um, But between the officiating and what that little exchange between Reese and and Clark at the end, that's all that anyone's really going to remember. It's not the record-setting performance that LSU had in this national championship game, putting up 102 points, uh, the most points ever uh, in a national championship game in women's basketball. That, no one's going to remember that. And honestly, 187 points combined, we don't see that very often in women's college basketball at all. We don't see that at all in men's college basketball. So kudos to LSU and Iowa for lighting up the scoreboard. It was like 10
1: minutes into this game and both teams had 20 points. Yes, yes. And wow, they're going to score in the 80s. And they did. That was impressive to see. And if Angel Reese doesn't do what she did people would still be talking about the officiating. Yes. Uh, But if the officiating was good, then we'd be talking about how ridiculous Kim Mulkey was and looked and acted.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. So it's like, LSU had all of these things. It's like, just let your performance be what people talk about. Don't let, don't do these other things that people can pick up on. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: People don't like it when you complain. People don't like it uh, when you show off. Like be respectful, but they're not,
0: and so I don't like them. People don't like them. Um, but the morals don't apply to the SEC. They just care about winning,
1: apparently. And like, how how was LSU at three C?
0: Non-conference scheduling was very bad. Very
1: they lost two games all year. One was to South Carolina, mm-hmm. and it's like in you know, playing the SEC, it's like you're. Not even in the top eight or nine. Like, oh, they
0: won that name. They won the whole thing, so. Um, so just because we were talking about Kim Mulkey and her awful outfits and whatnot, I'm just going to bring up a name for you here. Leslie Crane. Um, yeah, I thought, I thought like, where'd you the jacket,
1: jacket?
0: And... <laughs> Would you ask Kim Mulkey, like, where the hell did you go get your clothes? <laughs> Would you have the, the guts to ask her that?
1: There's some of her stuff, like that's. Like that, I don't know if it's a legitimate story, but when you see her, it's the first thing you think of. Yes. More like kind of, you
0: know, tiger print at the in the championship. She looked like she was Cruella de Vil in a game in the NCAA tournament earlier.
1: Did that had any final four games? A bunch of pink stuff, pink flowers. She had one where they had it was like, white with, like, pink feathery stuff it's I mean, I mean you could do I feel like ESPN could do like a, you know a little story on like you just don't buy this shit right off the rack it's like you gotta go somewhere to get this it's yeah. like why where do you even come up with this so yeah I don't know just where, where what you want I guess but be prepared to face people's reactions to it. If you wear something like that, people aren't going to say, oh, well, that's that woman because it's not any wear outfits that people haven't seen before. Jason Hove, who rarely posts on Twitter, posted a couple years ago. She wore, wore some crazy outfit and it was very reminiscent of a coat that Kramer wore on a Seinfeld episode. Oh, really? Um, very similar. This was a few years ago now. I'm sure it's still up there. But yeah, it's like that. Like, even heat posts. Yeah, this looks ridiculous.
0: So. Leslie Crane, by the way, is still the head coach at Allen Community College in Kansas. The Red Devils.
1: We they the best of luck. Uh, yeah, I think she didn't last too much longer. Well, what do we got here? Gee, uh, Allen, uh, Word show. Let's take a look at her LinkedIn page. Maybe I should connect with her on LinkedIn. (laughs) Send a message. Um she was at West Illinois for thirteen years. Yep. I asked her where she got her I think it was a cow print type jacket.
0: Was it cow? I thought it was like alligator-esque.
1: I think it was like I don't I should remember, but I felt like it was like white and black cow type. Maybe, maybe I don't know. Um, no coincidence. She was five, like a month or two late.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I think yeah, yeah. You embarrassed her enough to make the administration realize they needed a change.
1: Apparently, and she got out of coaching for two years, and went to Independence Community College in Kansas, and then left that, and then a couple year, two years ago, took over Allen County Community College. Also somewhere in Kansas. in Kansas. So, yeah, that was probably the end for her. So Leslie Crane still coaching, I guess, on and off at community colleges in the middle of Kansas. So.
2: Yep. Well,
0: I'm looking forward to watching Caitlin Clark again next year. Um, that that'll be a lot of fun here. Um, but the college basketball season over and done with. Any any final thoughts before we move on?
1: I think it'll be memorable because sometimes what happened in 2018, I couldn't tell. You. I think um, if I had to look. It was it was Villanova played Michigan in 2018.
0: Yep.
1: And that was the previously least watched championship game. Like I'll remember this year because of the Final Four and how there were no good teams. All the, all the top seeds lost. So. And, and fairly Dickinson. Yeah,
0: it'll it'll be memorable because of that. So amazing, amazing college basketball season. It's coming done. Looking forward already to next year. Uh but one season has just begun and it's the baseball season. So shall we move to the baseball diamond?
1: We shall. Um,
0: we're not gonna mention what's going on with a certain team in the oh, mid, in the oh. Midwest. Not gonna just not gonna say anything right now. Uh, opening weekend has come and gone. Um, any takeaways from what we have seen thus far? Texas looks really good. Um, they they annihilated the Phillies. Uh, I guess the biggest thing for me, um, time of games. Down significantly. Everyone is praising the pitch clock. Are you, Are
1: a, you a non-baseball fan? Are you at you can't. Oh, you can hardly find a baseball game on TV, anyways. Yep. Because ESPN had one game on opening day. That's ridiculous. It, it, like
0: I remember e, uh, opening day on ESPN, they would have like a a quadruple header, or maybe just a triple header. But there were games on uh, Like I was surprised to find that around the horn and PTI were on as normally
1: scheduled. Speaking of making things important in big games, they put the women's basketball game on ABC and it's a big deal. According to Marcus, ESPN's only expected
2: to broadcast thirty games this year. Really?
1: Twenty-five of them on Sunday night. They don't they used to do Wednesday night baseball. They don't do that anymore.
0: Used to do Monday night baseball.
1: Monday night it, it is greatly reduced. And you would think this would be the time to capitalize on this. Uh, people want to watch. Mm-hmm. Do you want to watch any more baseball at all? Do you get the you get Valley Sports North? Nope. Are, and it's hard, I mean, FS1, Fox, Fox, they showed a game Saturday. Yeah. Usually really took Fox to so like Memorial Day before their coverage would start. Yeah. Like, are, are you any more likely to watch this because games are out two and a half hours?
0: No, but
1: that's... No, oh my God. I guess this is for the people who watch baseball already, and it is nice, I can watch a game, Twins play tonight at 5.40, game against the Marlins took about 2.35, like, alright, 5.40, this game should be
0: done by quarter after 8. Yep. Fantastic, so... so. If, if I had access to the Twins, I would you be more what? inclined to watch Twins games because... Of the pitch clock, but because I don't get them now on Hulu, um, I'm not. If I can't get them, then I have no me like no interest. I, like, uh, what's the game on TBS tonight on Tuesday? Phillies Yankees. Sorry, don't care about it. I just don't. Um, no. Even if the pitch clock is faster, if I was able to watch the Twins, I would watch more Twins games because of the pitch clock and the fact that they're, they're doing decent right now. Um, but I I can say for certainty I would watch more games if they were available to me on TV. And hopefully this TV thing gets
2: settled by the beginning of next year. Get rid of blackouts.
1: Put these games back on, you know, Dish Network, Direct TV, whatever they're not on. Mm-hmm. Put them on YouTube
2: TV, get this thing moving, get Bally Sports North the hell out of here,
1: going through bankruptcy, just Sinclair Broadcast, them, dumb idiots, mm-hmm. uh, turn these over to teams, let them figure it out, and let, what was it, uh, Star Tribune had an article where, you know, like, you know, Fox Sports Regional Network, they lost think like half of the, at least half of their viewership compared to like 10 years ago, there's only like maybe 1.7 million, 1.9 million or so that gets Valley Sports North. Compared to that, it was a double, at least double that 10 years ago.
0: And that can't so. be because of cable cutters. It's I think it's because...
1: Because y- you can't get it on Dish. You can't get it on Dish. My parents yeah. can't get it on Dish. Yep. You can't get it on Hulu. I can't get it on YouTube. It's not available. You've got to switch providers just to watch it. Mm-hmm. I'm getting a stream every night and then watching it that way.
0: FUBU TV has it. Like that's the one good calling card right now for FUBU. Like if if I am a if I am a cable provider, I think like Charter, like Spectrum by Charter has Valley Sports North. In fact, I know they do because I think that's what's on at the gym. Uh, when wow. i go uh, if you're fubo this would be like the mega reason why you want to get people over to your company is say especially for sports fans hey you missing the twins you missing the wolves you missing the wild come over to us because we have ballet sports right now but who knows how long that's going to be around i will say the one nice thing regarding hulu is that we have Hulu Plus, so it combines or packages ESPN Plus and Disney Plus. So I was able to watch, you know, the Summit League tournament this year in its totality, which I was, I watched it a lot of it because I hadn't been able to in recent years. But the NHL and ESPN have an agreement, so games are on ESPN Plus, so I can watch the Wild for the first time in like five years, and it's great. I wish that ESPN. Would do that more for the twins games, and and maybe that's what it'll be later later on after they get through this whole kerfluffle. I don't know, but um, like yeah, you wanna you want your sport to thrive and stuff, especially with the excitement of this pitch clock. Have it on games or have it on ch- providers that can broadcast these games, and it's it's just ridiculous that it's not but that speaks more to the companies and the the asking price the demand um it's just bad it's bad overall
1: Yeah, well make your product available make it work so yeah games are quicker stolen bases are just up through the roof
0: i didn't expect that i didn't expect i i don't know if i didn't expect that i didn't expect there to be as many stolen base attempts uh, and I think you, you thought the opposite, so you were right on that one.
1: I thought it would go up maybe like 25%. I think, it, I think it's almost doubled. I saw something the other day, 83% stolen base rate successful compared to like 48 last year. I mean, that's way too high. And there were 40 more successful steals in the first like four days than last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Orioles, they're running all over the place and they have five steals on opening day. Yeah, they, it's. I feel like you've got to get rid of the limit on pickoff attempts. I think it's two per batter. you got to get rid of it or up it to three.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That's, you know, a big part of the reason why. It's like, I'm sure the numbers will come down a little bit, but even if it comes down to like 70%, do you want. It seems like that's too high 70 percent successful stolen base rate and that seems a bit too high and the shifting batting averages are up 16 points from 230 to 240 246 because of the lack of shifting so everything that's supposed to happen everything that's happened in the minor
0: leagues for years with this is happening so it's good overall good good stuff what um what's your biggest Takeaway, maybe team wise, um, regarding, like, what, 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 what I mean, I, I get we're only four or five games in, but what uh, what has stood out to you so far?
1: Wayne's well, never played anybody good, but their pitching's been excellent. Mm-hmm. They've given up five runs. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, you know, I, I have them as a division winner, and I feel good that they're going to win the division. You no, know, they're in Cleveland. So, I mean, it's good to see their starters. They're not pitching deep in the games, but, you know, they've given up, what, two runs? Two runs in four games. Uh, bullpen's doing good. Offense is kind of a slow start, but they got 11 runs last
0: night. And Joey Gallo hit three home runs already. Mm hmm. Well, no, I guess he had one against Kansas City on Sunday, and then two. Mm-hmm. Or did he have two? Uh, Either way, they, three home runs in the last two games.
1: Yeah, two versus Kansas City and one last night. Yeah, he's a guy that, I mean, he's, he could hit 40 home runs if he's on. So, he's, he's exciting. Buxton's not hurt yet, so that's good. Uh, yeah, the, the, the bullpen is probably the most impressive thing. I hate Emilio Pagan, as we know. Mm-hmm. He came in, and his first four pitches, he gave up a double and a single.
2: <laughs>
1: I mean, they are just you know not giving up anything to Kansas City all weekend, and this stupid son of a bitch comes in. It was like a 7-3 to three game in the night. Like a four-run lead, that's, uh, that's a bit too close for my blood. And he immediately gives up a run. It's like, all right, this is cool, cool. And he got the next three guys, and he struck out one. One was a deep fly ball. So I've liked what the manager has done with not putting him in any situation that's close. Yep. So that's good for me. I like how he's used his bench. This is uh, – twins have depth. They're very deep. There's really no weakness right now. They're pitching's excellent. Offense is good. Defense is good, bullpen's good, starters are good. You've got Kyle Farmer and Donovan Solano and, like, Willie Castro off the bench, where I think they've played pretty much in every game. They'll, like, have Gallo or Kepler out there. They're left-handed hitters. Mm-hmm. Fifth, sixth inning, the other team will make pitching change and bring in a lefty to face them. So Rocco will take them out and put these other guys in. These right-handed hitters, I and mean, then they performed well. So it's a deep team. Everybody's getting to play. I think they're going to be really, really good. I think they're going to win ninety some game, make the playoffs. Hopefully, win the division, barring injuries. I think this is an excellent, an excellent team.
0: I think it's again. So we're only four games in. So there's no, there's no It's not necessary to overreact to anything. Really that's going on right now. I guess the one thing that gives me pause with the Twins, like don't get me wrong, it's great what they're doing, but they've played they've played the Royals and they're playing the Marlins right now. Two well, teams that are not uh, going to be very okay. good. Uh,
1: I mean that is true and these teams are not supposed to be any good. But
0: I will say, uh, you know, to get shutouts uh, to get shutouts, back-to-back games to start the season is fantastic and they're doing these on the road. This is not like they're playing these bad teams at home where you expect them to win. They are doing it on the road which is good. I li- and what did,
1: what did Kansas City do last night?
0: They beat Toronto, which... Nine to
1: five. Yep. Nine to five. They go to Toronto and beat them. Yep. Or they said they beat them. Like, oh, okay. So they beat a good Blue Jays team after being horrendous. Or the Twins. Oh, yeah, that's baseball for
0: you. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I'm looking... Again, I'm not saying it's time to overreact to any of this. But I look at the Phillies, who are 0-4 you know they're as of the recording of this podcast 12 runs scored 37 allowed that's awful their pitching was just annihilated by by texas the marlins can't score a run luis araiz at least he's hitting the ball i mean he's gotten over you know, he's batting over 500 right now but they can't score a lick at all uh let's just look like the mariners not a good start um you know who who else is not scoring? But like the Rays have given up only five runs, the Twins only five runs. It's not worth going um, out of our way, I guess, to praise. But is there any like if if you're looking at this, is there any cause for concern from any of these teams?
2: Yeah,
1: it's too early. Do you have what I picked last last week? Uh, yes,
0: uh, for the season predictions.
1: Did I, did I pick the Phillies to make it? You did. I I did. Yes. Yeah, they, they look bad right now. Tam, I mean Tampa Bay. I love Tampa. Bay. Mm-hmm. are pitchers, they're boring as hell. But they're pitching again, they they they've also opened up with Detroit and Washington, and then they've got Oakland coming up. So it's like, yeah, like you know, they could be nine and zero if we're sitting here next week talking about the nine and zero Tampa Bay Rays or their eight one. Like well, they probably should be. I think they've got the best starting pitching in baseball now. Better than uh, slightly better, I guess, than Houston would have, or the Yankees have with some injuries. And they've got they've got Tyler Glass now, who injured. If he comes back, he's good. Mm-hmm. People ain't like heard of Shane McClanahan.
2: Uh, Jeffrey Springs had twelve strikeouts. Didn't give up a
1: hit in six innings. They had Drew Rasmussen last night against Washington. Uh, six shutout innings, gave up two hits. They've got Zach Eflin, who's probably their worst starter. He came over from the Phillies. He gave up one run in five innings. Um, this is a team that did the, did the opener thing with their pitcher years ago because they kind of had to because they, their starting pitching depth wasn't very good. Uh, but now it is. They've got four, five, six excellent starters,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and a couple of them nobody has ever heard of. So all of my chips to Tampa Bay. All of them, all of them to Tampa Bay right
0: now. All right, all right. Very good. Um, yeah, it's. Let's look at next. And again, baseball season so long, but it's just it's interesting to me to look at. How some of these teams, like Seattle, being one and four right now, and those five games being at home, that's not great. You
1: know, well, Cle- they, uh, lost a couple close ones to Cleveland. Yep, but Cleveland she being four and one with those five. Yeah, yep.
0: Cleveland uh, being four and one though with those five games being on the road and on the West Coast. I think it's great to open up on the West Coast early in the season. Get those late games out of the way.
1: The Cleveland got, to 12-11 last night versus Oakland. Yeah. They went 11 innings, so.
0: Oh, and that's funny because Oakland had scored three runs the, the first oh. three games combined.
1: Yeah. Oh, my Angels are 3-1. They've given up six runs, so good start for them. They had a lot of runs for Texas, so. Houston, 2-3. Yeah, and three. Hopefully the Twins are catching Houston at a good time next year this week. Yeah. Like, all right, maybe you can win that series. Mm-hmm. So. In the old sorry, home opener has been pushed back to Friday.
0: Oh, because because it's, it's too cold.
1: Yeah, because Thursday's not going to be good, like thirties, mid-thirties. So they are going to push it back to the off day on Friday. The rare instance where the built-in off day actually works out.
0: Yes, I think. Uh, if, unless you're playing in the warm climate or in a dome, you should open up on the road for the first at least nine days of the regular season, if not the first two weeks. Like,
1: there's a way to do oh, it. Well, weather's going to be good this weekend. It's The, the LJBL you know, 60s here.
0: But that's, is that the norm? No.
1: No, we've had the year you know, it can be. Yeah, it's supposed to be. I looked at the forecast you know, a few days ago. We're going to the game Saturday and Sunday. And when I looked at it like a week ago or even you know, this weekend, it was like 47 to 50 degrees. I was like, all oh, right, that's okay.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: All I look at, it's supposed to be 63 on Saturday and 65 on Sunday. 38 on Thursday, they're not going to play. It's going to be 51 on Friday. 71 on Tuesday. I was like, boy, that is, boy, sign me up for that.
0: Yeah, no kidding. But like I would play these games in in San Diego and L A. and uh, Miami, Arizona, Houston, Toronto, Milwaukee, Seattle. Like you got, you got Toronto,
1: they open up the year nine on the road. What sense
0: does that make? It doesn't. No. <laughs> Tampa, no. like if you if climate controlled are in good weather cities, warm weather cities for this time of the year, put the games there the first two weeks. Major League Baseball.
1: You know, there's been a lot of storms down south. Yeah, and I think like, like weather's been pretty warm for the most part. You know, down south it's been pretty warm. Mm-hmm. Um, like I it was like, I think 75 degrees in Washington DC, and I'm like, holy crap!
0: Yeah, but so, that that is the not the norm.
1: So, well, last year we had some delays. This year, I don't know if there's been any delays yet?
0: Yeah, I don't think so.
1: They, they played in Boston. Um, yeah, so there hasn't been a whole lot of cold weather sight, but they're the weather's been pretty good, I guess, for the most part. So,
0: yeah, uh, New York, the Yankees uh, opened up against the the Giants.
1: Man, yeah, I mean New York weather was good enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's interesting.
0: Indeed. Indeed. Anything else baseball-related we need to get to?
1: Spencer Strider pitched well against Washington.
0: Like to see him pitch. Didn't Max Fried get injured, though? Huh? Didn't Max Fried get injured last week? Max Fried got injured, so he'll be out maybe for... Doesn't sound like
1: a long-term thing, maybe, you know, 10, 15 days. So... That'd be good. Um, a lot of home runs, I like think, yesterday. It may have been like the most home runs ever for an April game,
2: or pretty close to it, The April Day. Like 55, 57
1: home runs, something like that. So, a lot of home runs yesterday. Yeah, four or four, games in. And the Twins and Tampa Bay are 4 0. We only undefeated teams left. Oh,
0: th- th- I was hoping we could just get through the whole thing without you saying it, just to oh. to, to jinx it. Uh, watch them lose oh. Tuesday night.
1: Oh, they, they 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 might. I mean, they got Kent and Maeda tonight. It'll be interesting to see how he does.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, Miami's got Sandy Alcantara, and he won the Cy Young last year. Didn't pitch well against the Mets in the no. opener, so. No, they did not. Cool. You feel like yeah, Miami should probably win tonight? I think we were all of three games into the season before all the National League teams had a loss. So,
0: uh, the last week of the NBA regular seasons this week. The play-in tournament starts next week, so we'll we'll talk about that. There is there anything that you're uh, looking forward to this last week of the NBA regular season?
1: Looking forward to be done with. <laughs> well, the, the, I'm interested in the Western Conference because it seems to be wide open. You feel like the Suns with Kevin Durant? Like they, I, I would probably say they're the favorites. Mm-hmm. You know, Denver. People like Denver.
2: Is Denver going to do something for once? I don't know. Kings are in it. Going to see the Kings
1: in it. Go will get a three seed. That'll be interesting. You could have you know Kings Warriors first round matchup. Tough, tough for the Kings. Yeah. Here's here Golden State for you. Timberwolves.
0: Hopefully they can make it. Holy shit! They so ESPN ran a story on them, um, and it was right after they beat Sacramento, which impressive because they beat Golden State and Sacramento back to back nights on the road. I'm like, oh, this is this is it time to buy into the Timberwolves? Can we believe in them? And they've lost three straight since then, so uh, including to a at home to a bad Portland team and to the Lakers. It's just bad. Like just stop.
1: They I mean, were nineteen and a half point favorites versus Portland, and they lose. Yep. Bad. I was surprised to see like Dallas is thirty seven and forty two. Mhm. They're still a game behind Oklahoma City. I mean, Kyrie Irving apparently hasn't made much of a difference, and Luka's kind of been hurt on and off. Mhm. But it's like, yeah what uh, what a waste that was. It just, it
0: really sucks for the Timberwolves because I was, if they could be the sixth seed, I would match up well with the Kings. Um, Now, I mean, you're just struggling to even stay afloat. I mean, you got Brooklyn on Tuesday. You better win that one. Like, I don't know what the hell's going on with it. It's very Jekyll and Hyde. You thought they were turning the corner. Then you lose to Portland? Like, come on. Phoenix, I understand. They had a lead in that game, Phoenix turned it on in the second half and won that game. You can't lose at home to the Lakers, and you sure as hell can't lose at home to Portland, and they have. Like, just get the sixth seed, play Sacramento. It's all good. Now, now you're struggling to even just get in. So, poo-poo on you, Timberwolves. Poo-poo on you.
1: There's an amazing stat here with the Atlanta Hawks.
0: Oh, give it to me.
1: The Atlanta Hawks, what do we have? 39-39, and
0: 39, currently eighth right now.
1: I gotta find this because this is the thing. They are five hundred at everything.
0: Oh yes, I. (laughs) They are five hundred versus the
1: East. They're five hundred during the West. They're five hundred overall. They're five hundred at home. They're five hundred on the road. Whatever it is. Yep. Um. They are. They they've not been more than a game above or under five hundred in like months. Yeah, they're thirty nine and thirty nine. They have scored 9,209 points. They've allowed one more than that. Yep. They're 24 and 24 against the East. They're 15 and 15 against the West. They've been within one game
0: of 500 for 72 consecutive days. Wow. They're 23 and 16 at home, 16 and 23 on the road.
1: So they win one or two and then they lose one or two. I just look at their schedule. Uh, these last few games. Win, loss, win, loss, win, loss, win, loss, win, loss, loss, win, win, loss, loss, win, loss, win, 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 loss, loss, win, win, loss, loss. They have not won more than two games in a row since, they've not won or lost more than two games in a row since January. That is when they won five in a row. Holy cow. They, it's incredible to go one, two, three, four, five, ten. 15 20 essentially go 30 games without winning or losing two in a row
0: that's insane so that's one of the all-time world. best stats one of the all-time best stats
2: um
1: weird
0: the master so jim nance week concludes this week uh, you know he <laughs> called the final final four and cbs did a big you know story on him and it was very nice and Yada, yada, yada. Well, he goes to Augusta this week to call the Masters. So the Masters is this week. It's golf's first major. Tiger is in there. Uh, Liv is in there as well, the Liv golfers. What do we expect, not only from Tiger this week, but who do you think is going to win the Masters? Oh, I don't
1: know. Who's going to win the Masters here. I'm probably not going to catch much of it because...
0: You'll be at the Twins game.
1: Twins game, so. I, I like watching the Masters. Um... There's going to be something we've heard of. Rory
0: McIlroy's favorite. I, I want Rory to win, but he hasn't pulled through yet. I just, until he does, I, I'm afraid to pick him. And I don't want to go back-to-back with Scotty Scheffler. So that kind of leaves me with John Rahm.
1: Yeah, those are the top three guys. McIlroy and Scheffler your favorites and John Ramos third, so yeah, pick, pick one of those guys. That'd be all right.
0: Max Holma? I mean, he's doing yeah. really good. Good little. He's a plus 3,300, so that'd be a good, uh, good bet there. Brooks Kepka, can he can he come back? Is True he going to be any good again? I don't like him.
1: You don't like him? No, I don't like I mean, Brooks Koepka. Hopefully, there's a live golf guy and a PJ Tour guy in the final pairing. Uh, <laughs> Hopefully, because you know, we, we want the conflict. We want we want that.
0: Rory against like uh, Bryson would be the best, I think. Yeah, be
1: Tiger Woods can he make the cut? Con- you know, it's how much longer does he do this? If he can't, I mean, he's limping. All he can he can hardly walk around mm-hmm. here. He's in so much pain. Why do this? Why well, get it, especially if you can't if you can't even make the cut before. Like that car accident just ended over Mm-hmm. Well, he
2: wanted
1: 2019 is what he wanted. Yeah. And yeah, it's hopefully you just make the cut, but yeah, Scotty Schepler, Don Rahm, those would be guys. I will pick Scotty Shepler.
0: Okay, I want to take Scheffler. I just don't know if I could do it back to back. So let's go with John Rahm. I want Rory, but until Rory breaks through um, and completes the the Grand Slam, of uh, winning every major, uh, no, I gotta go. I'm going to go John Rahm. But should be fun. Well, yes, it's always a, a sign that spring is here. The mass tradition, unlike any other. The
1: Masters on um, CBS. On CBS. Uh, Shane Lowry, he was third last year. Uh, he was fourth in the PGA a year ago, a couple of years ago. He won the British Open back in 2019. He has a runner-up finish in the U.S. Open. So, uh, Dark Horse, Shane Lowry.
0: Okay. All right. I like it. I like it a lot. It's just as long as no live golfer wins. That's really all I all I want. i take Jordan yeah. Smith. can can't
1: smith. I like
0: him. Smith. No, that's that's true, but he's still live. I can't That's fine.
1: Take your money, get your money.
0: That's true. Alright. Anything else we need to get to before we say so long?
1: Uh, Jim Nance is done with Powell basketball. Even though he hardly called any games at all outside of the tournament. So like I was thinking about it last night, like he's pretty bland. He's pretty, he's their number one guy, but he's good. Um, doesn't do anything wrong. But like, I, I don't ever remember any big Jim Nance call. When I think of Jim Nance, I really don't think of anything. And his most famous calls are probably golf calls. And you you, you say an announcer's name and there's certain games that you think of or certain plays or calls Mm
2: -hmm.
1: that you think of. And for Jim Nance to be around for as long as he's been and to be their number one guy, like there just isn't – like everybody thinks of some corny thing he's going to say at the end of the Final Four, and that's about it. Yep. Like look at Vern Lundquist, and I remember – him calling the Tiger Woods was 14-told, whatever it was, yeah, master, the puck that goes in. Yes, yep. He says, in your life.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: We say that. mean, oh. mean Marcus say that a lot. How
0: about Gus Johnson calling anything? Gus
1: Johnson got all those calls and Kevin Harlan and you know, all the SEC games that Vern Lundquist did. You know, the crazy finishes with Auburn that mm-hmm. one year. So certainly, you know, Al Michaels has a ton of legendary calls. Yes, uh, the miracle. Uh, miracle on Ice. Yep. Uh, the Antonio Freeman catch. Yep. He did what? Uh, he did what? I mean, stuff like that, like Jim Nance, I don't know if that just isn't what he was. Like, he, I just, you just,
2: do you, do you think of any Jim Nance call? Oh, yeah, I remember when Jim
0: Nance said this. You no, know, I think that's a great point, but maybe that's why that's it, not he's what so was, no, I don't know. Yeah. Like when I think of Joe Buck, I think of the Randy Moss playoff game. That's the most disgusting thing I've ever seen. Like
1: well, he's ever been, uh, yeah. here's
0: Joe what Buck. I wonder though with Ian Eagle now going to call the final four, is he going to join Grant Hill and Bill Raftery, or is Jim Spinarckle going to get in?
1: I mean, Jim Spenarkle's, uh bad news for Jim. He'll get somebody. Maybe he'll get. Does he get Brian? Anderson, who's Brian Anderson going with? He's got. Uh,
0: well, Jim Jackson is with him Jackson right now.
1: Jackson does a fine job. So where does where does Jim Spinarco land in this mess of stuff? And I you know Ian Eagle's got I think more personality than Jim Dance, and oh yeah, he's he's he's, he's pretty good too. So yeah.
0: I just wonder. And now, like, will Ian Eagle call NBA games with Grant Hill? You know, for the playoffs and on TNT to kind of build some of that yeah. to build that chemistry if they keep going with that I mean he's already called games with Bill Raftery so that's not a not an issue I just kind of feel bad for Jim Spinarkel and who's going to replace Jim Nance then calling NBA games my guess would be it would be uh Tom McCarthy uh who did the first four games in Dayton this year
1: uh, okay, the NCAA turret
0: Yes yep well will, it, will yeah. he be the eighth announcer in there um that would be my guess.
1: I don't I, I mean, remember back in the day, like, Jay Billis would do games on CBS. And Bill Walton. like, they would have, like, some guy. They would have, like, ESPN guys do games. Hmm.
0: I don't remember that.
1: Jay Billis. So Jay Billis. Like, my favorite announcer is Jason Benetti with the White Sox.
0: Oh, yes, yes. Well, yeah, he,
1: he, he he's been calling some games for Fox. Yep. College of- Yep,
0: yeah, but that's because he works for Fox now instead of ESPN. So he's called Fo- like he's called college football games. This year he did it with uh, was it Brock Heward, I think is who the, the yep. analyst was. So, so yeah, not
1: bad, he's in some college basketball games. It does mm-hmm. the White Sox. Jay Billis was on CBS from three to 2010, just for the tournaments. Okay. When Dick Enberg did games from 05 to 2010.
0: I do not remember that at all.
1: So he, he's been on ESPN for 30 years.
0: Mm-hmm. I know that like Turner has reached out to Dick Vitale about calling uh, yeah. games, and he said, no, I just want my resume to say one employer, and that's ESPN. So, that, I mean, that's kind of cool, A, that Turner would reach out to Dick Vitale, and also that Dick would say no. Um,
1: but, so they're... You know, I would like to see James Benetti because I like him a lot. Yeah,
0: I just you aren't going to get that though. I know, like Lisa Byington. Can
1: do her too, you
0: Well, she's already doing it. She did games this year with uh, Avery Johnson and Smitty. Um, um Steve. I just don't. My guess would be I, I'm trying to think. Uh, did Carter Blackburn? He's called games in the past in the tournament. I don't think he did though this year. So, my guess would be uh, be McCarthy. He's the uh, play-by-play guy for the Phillies. But, I mean, he's called NFL games in the past. I mean, he calls basketball games for CBS. My guess it would be him that would fill in.
1: Andrew Catalan, he did games.
0: Yes, he does it with uh, with uh, Bill Lapis. And they're very good. He was on the call for the Fairly Dickinson over... Uh, yeah. For over Purdue, so he's going to call it regardless. I just don't know who's <laughs> filling in for Nance.
1: He's younger than I thought. I guess I mean, he's forty-three, so he's not all that old. Who? Catalan? Yeah. Yeah, he's fairly young. He looks older, sounds older than forty-three. Oh, uh, I an Eagle kid. He'll be there soon.
0: Oh, yes, maybe Noah will, will join. He's on Fox Sports right now, so maybe he'll make the jump to CBS here one he's, of these days. He's
1: going to be the NBC Sports Big Ten guy. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. And he also does Clippers games. Well, oh, yeah,
0: because so. Todd Blackledge is leaving ESPN for, for to do the Big Ten games. Did you know that? Yeah. That's ridiculous. No, 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 yeah. That's, like, What?
1: That, that's, a, no, no, that's no more no, no, eagle. We should do that announcer draft again, maybe in a couple more years. Yeah, but uh, no, no, what like eagle? He will be the next, like, but before he's 30, in the next five years, he'll be you know, we'll see what, what happens with this you know, NBC Big Ten thing, but mm-hmm. yeah, I'm sure he'll be calling it up I'll
0: Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Well, he did, um, did he do he did a couple this year. He did the Vikings Colts game on NFL Network. Did that with Nate Erleson and I think he also called a game in Atlanta. If memory serves me correct. So he he called a couple NFL games this year.
1: Yeah, but he he'll, he'll be he'll be around.
0: I agree. I agree. Anything else we need to get to? Should be good. All right. Next week, big week, we're going to start the NFL draft preview process with Jeff oh, Lloyd, and then we're going to have a NBA playoff preview. Marcus I will hopefully get on because the NHL playoffs will, oh, will uh, get going here in earnest maybe. He'll be on in a couple weeks. We'll have to talk Masters, baseball. We'll get to it all. It's the multi-sport season here now uh, coming in full flex here. Uh, as we go on the Sports Block Podcast. But you have a great rest of your week. Though. We didn't even talk about the weather. Weather, big storm hitting the Dakotas, lots of snow. We're not getting anything in St. Cloud, really. You're not getting anything much in Mitchell. There were huge tornadoes last week in Mississippi and Arkansas, uh, Iowa. It was a weird weather week last uh, this past week.
1: I watch the Weather Channel sometimes because of the storms. Mm-hmm. And the other thing on there that says, America's number one most trusted news source or news network or something like that. For weather.
0: And most trusted weather source, yep.
1: But they don't consider that news. They call it news. They like, no, It's not news, per se, because it's just the weather. Right. Because, so like, yeah. And then you get it at night, and they got all these stupid... I don't know stupid shows, but shows I don't watch. But.
0: Right, it's like just give me the weather. I don't care about the no, highway no. through hell.
1: Uh, yeah. I was like it was a month or so ago where the Cartoon Network had Twister on. What? Yeah, I was like I've never seen a non-cartoon on the Cartoon Network, and they oh have and they had the movie Twister on Cartoon Network. Like, That's odd. And then uh, TLC. Back in New
0: York yes. the TLC, yep. yeah, the Learning Channel, yeah, you know, six hundred, my six hundred pound life, and all that
1: stuff. Every show is about a fat son of a bitch. <laughs> Every single show on that fucking channel. Oh, not
0: everyone, because Say Yes to the Dress doesn't. Not uh, all the time.
1: What happened to that channel? It is called the Reality TV Channel.
0: We're an obese country. We're an obese country.
1: Six hundred pound sisters, thousand pound life whatever like whatever the fuck this is it's hard to believe the human body can be alive and be that big and you watch it for a little bit like why do I give a shit what these fat fucking people do
0: and why are we giving them the time of day like with the cameras and stuff why are they getting paid?
1: who's watching this why do I care about what this massive human is doing right I I don't and it's you know what happened to TV? I'm not quite sure.
0: I don't know either.
1: Also, I just want to uh, put on my tombstone, I hate Will Levis, and I hate Anthony Richardson. <laughs> I don't hate them as people. I think they're terrible quarterbacks. And I feel both will be top ten picks.
0: Do we have to put that th- there, though, with Frank Trubisky and Josh Allen I mean, and I mean, Jake Lockett? else I've
1: ever said I've hated before as quarterbacks. Yeah, put them... At the top of, I feel very strongly, as strongly as I felt about anybody before. I, th- I don't know which one I think is worse. I think they're both going to be terrible. I think you need to talk to Melissa about, about, about putting that on
0: your like, tombstone.
2: Put
1: it on my pizza.
0: Put it on um, your pizza. There you go, yeah. <laughs> I got you there.
1: Try, try Wingo, go wherever the hell he is, gone. I have no idea. He's like
0: a freelancer, I think.
1: Yeah, I saw, him, I saw him on a little clip. And he said, Will Levis reminds him of who?
0: Oh, Patrick Mahomes.
1: Zach Wilson.
0: Oh, well, that's a good thing.
1: Yes. Thank you for saying that, Trey Wingo. Thank you for saying, Will Levis reminds you of Zach Wilson. Where you look at him, oh, look at the arm talent. Yes. Can you throw the ball to a receiver? Probably. Can the ball... You can get? Can you get the ball from your hands to their to their hand? Can you know? Like, you know, they're, they're talking about the quarterback's throwing the ball, uh, touching the ceiling, and Anthony Richardson uh, doing a backflip. Yep. I don't give a shit about any <laughs> of it.
2: Why would anybody
1: give a shit about any of that? I don't know. There's a huge flaw, and we'll see. We will see, I think, pretty quickly within – Within about two years, we should kind of know whether these guys are good or not. Mm-hmm.
2: If I think they're going to be terrible, and I think most think they're going to be good,
1: or there's a channel Anthony Richardson, there's a potential, a chance he could be unbelievable. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to suck. I think he's going to struggle to complete 50% of his passes. Yep. I think it would be similar to Lamar Jackson if you broke both of Lamar Jackson's arms. Um, I think he's going to be terrible. So why do I think that? Why do other people who know what they're talking about always claim to? This is their living. I think he's going to be excellent. I don't know. We'll find out. He's probably going to go to the Colts or somewhere. I think Will Levis will go in the top 10. Maybe the Raiders. We'll see. But I think they are going to be absolutely atrocious.
0: We'll see if you're right. I tend to agree, at least with Levis. I don't trust him at all, but uh, we'll see which, uh, what what team decides to reach for him. It'll be interesting. The draft. It's it's draft month here. It's less when is than the, month away. the
1: 24th, 25th, when is the draft?
0: The so 27th through the 29th. 27th, uh,
1: Thursday, Friday, Saturday.
0: Yep.
1: All right, that'll be uh, probably going to Google Hangouts sometime between now and then.
0: Very good. Very good. You have a great rest of your week. Hopefully, the weather isn't too bad there in Mitchell. And we'll talk to you next week, my friend. Right, ha- see you later. Happy Easter to you. Enjoy the Twins game.
1: Oh, yes. Happy Easter. Enjoy the eggs.
0: All right. right, Will do. <laughs> Thanks, Grins. Bye bye. Travis Grins me here, Sports Block Podcast. Always appreciate his time, as always. Um, it's uh, always just uh, appreciate his time and. And as always, and tons of good stuff uh, going on. Um, so plenty of congratulations to UConn and begrudging congratulations to LSU on winning national championships. Uh, it's it's wonderful. So college basketball is a wonderful thing. Masters this weekend, baseball season going on. Last week of the regular season in the NBA, NHL season's got two weeks left. Playoffs are coming up, NFL draft. We're going to have so much to talk about here over these next few weeks over these next few months. So definitely keep it here. Sports Block can be found on podcast.com, also available on iTunes. Just search the Sports Block. Follow me on Twitter at Andy Stack and Facebook Nathan Stack Travis is on Twitter at Travis crins A link to the podcast posted middle to later part of each week. Uh again, hope you enjoyed everything and we will talk to you next week on another edition of the Sports Block podcast. So for Travis and I'm Nathan Happy Easter, everyone. Enjoy the rest of your week, and we'll talk to you next week on another edition of the Sports Block Podcast.